Hey, it's David Weiner, writer and director of the In Search of Darkness documentaries. You are listening to the Horror Squad podcast. Episode number 236, where tonight we won't be reviewing anything, actually. Uh, Well, maybe a couple movies, but I am flying solo tonight. Uh, Unfortunately, Steve came down with a case of COVID, and Todd is busy with family this week. So I figured, what the hell, let's do it solo this week. Uh, This is the first time we've ever done a solo episode, so... If you're a fan of me, Joe, then you're in for a treat. And if you're not, then I'm assuming you'll be shutting it off right about now. Uh, But yeah, so, um, you know, hopefully Steve gets better, uh, you know, thoughts to him. Um, And yeah, hopefully next week we will be back, all three of us. Uh, We plan on doing Stranger Things next week. I'm really excited to talk about the whole new season of Stranger Things. But for now... Um, just me, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see how this goes. Uh, so basically, um, yeah, for me, I had a good week. Sam and I went and saw uh, Third Eye Blind. We took a trip back to the 90s. We saw them in concert as well as Taken Back Sunday. They opened a very eclectic uh, duo there. Uh, Taken Back Sunday honestly did not sound good. It has been a while since I've seen them. And man, that guy really shot his voice. Third Eye Blind did sound pretty good, though. Um, but other than that, um, we're going to see Nope this weekend. I am super excited for that. The early reviews for Nope, late guys, have been like phenomenal. Like I've seen people uh, go as far to calling it a masterpiece. Uh, you know, so my expectations, honestly, after seeing the last trailer, were pretty low. I, uh, you know, the, I forget what we saw. I think it was with Black Phone and it was a trailer I hadn't seen before. And I feel like it gave away a lot of the movie. And then there was like weird bits of comedy they threw in there. And I was like, oh man, I just, I don't know how this is going to go. But with the early buzz, uh, the early screenings, you know, my expectations have definitely rose. Um, and the fact that they filmed it with IMAX cameras, um, I was like, we got to go see this in IMAX. So, I got us tickets to the biggest IMAX screen in the area, and I'm hoping that it will add to the excitement. Um, uh, Speaking of Nope, I actually did, so if any of you guys are owners of uh, MetaQuest, which is the VR, I actually did the Nope VR experience. Uh, They've been promoting it. It is uh, an officially licensed thing from Monkey Paw Productions, so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about my experience in the nope vr world so basically you know it it wasn't like anything amazing honestly but there were a couple of really cool things i do feel like they may have potentially spoiled some um things in the world too but like they kind of show like there's a couple of like alien dolls and masks and stuff like that um so they may have spoiled what the aliens look like but you know do do we know this is for sure going to be aliens yet? No. I mean, I feel like with Jordan Peele, obviously, like, I feel like he wouldn't just give everything away in the trailer. Um, and, you know, he always has something up his sleeve. So I, I think we're going to be in for a surprise with this movie. And if we're not, then I think we're, we'll be in for a big disappointment because they definitely gave away too much in the trailer, a la Halloween Kills, of course, from last year. But anyway, back to the Nope VR experience. So basically you get, uh, you go on to the ranch and they give you like all these like mundane tasks to do, like, you know, clean up the horse poop in the stall, uh, you know, fix the security cameras, uh, you know, all just like really dumb stuff. There was like a couple of cool moments. Like if you look up into the sky, um, you will see the, of course, like flags, uh, from the movie poster, um, that are like coming down. If you look up, like basically it sucks you up into the sky. You don't see like spaceships or aliens or anything like that. You literally just get sucked straight up into the sky. So that was probably the coolest experience. You get to drive like a motorcycle around, which I'm sure is going to be some sort of factor in the movie. And then you go into the main house in the ranch. There's not much in there. There's a record player. And when you play um, 
some records, you hear like some audio from the movie, nothing really too exciting. Um, now what the most exciting part actually about this no VR experience is, is there's a key, um, there's a locked door inside the house. And when you find the key and unlocks a whole different world you can go into, which is the world of Jordan Peele. So um, it take you know you transport into a different world where not you are now on um, a train. And if for those of you who are big fans of Jordan Peele and Monkey Paw Productions, of course, the intro to all of his movies, you are on the train um, with the uh, Monkey Paw stirring the glass from uh, the teapot glass from Get Out. Um, and basically you go through a train, uh, and in each different car, there is experiences from Jordan Peele's movies. So the first one you get is us, which was really cool. Um, you know, it plays like the music. And, uh, at one point you look in the mirror and your, uh, <laughs> your own avatar grabs you and like pulls you in, like in us, that was really cool. And then you get, uh, some get out stuff where you can like sit in the chair, like, uh, Chris does. And you see the kind of, uh, the uh the cotton that he picked out to put to plug in his ears and stuff like that so it was, that was really cool um yeah and then there was a, a little nope experience where uh, you can kind of see in the trailer it seems like they're at like maybe a baseball game or some sort of sporting event or something like that and all the chairs are kind of ta- uh you know tattered around and stuff like that but you know overall like a decent uh, vr experience i feel like they could have did a little bit better with it but you know it was it was cool like i said the train experience was a lot cooler than the actual nope experience but yeah uh, so yeah. All right. So let's get into, I guess, some horror news. I know there's some really exciting stuff that came out this week that I wanted to discuss with you guys. Um, the first, of course, being the Halloween Ends trailer. I know everyone was super excited for that. Uh, it was supposed to come out on the 20th, but it actually got leaked um, online. So they ended up releasing it a day early on the 19th at about 10 o'clock in the evening so that was um a nice little treat that really no one saw coming uh overall my thoughts on the trailer were i thought it looked pretty solid um you know it, it was a lot better than uh the halloween kills trailer obviously the biggest complaint about the halloween kills trailer for most people and myself included was that it gave away so much of the movie and there was just like it showed like almost like every kill in that entire movie. And it was just like, what are you doing? Uh, and you know, when you went and saw the movie, you're like, okay, I saw this in the trailer. I saw this in the trailer and it was just really annoying. So with this Halloween ends trailer, I think they did a really good job because they didn't really give away much at all. Um, you know, you see kind of Lori battling Michael and that's it. And that's really all you need to see. Right. Like, cause that's like all you, you, we really care about. And, you know, it got, it definitely got the juices flowing. Like I definitely, like I was, it got me super excited. Um, and I mean, I did not enjoy Halloween kills really too much, but this looks like hopefully a return to form, um, from, you know, with Halloween 2018 was, you know, a solid effort. And I, I think if they can just get back to at least that quality, I'll be pr- overall pretty happy, hopefully a little better than that quality. But, uh, I mean, if I can at least get back to the 2018 quality, I'll definitely be happy what will happen in this one. We shall see. Now, of course, there's a lot of theories coming out based off this, you know, 90-second trailer that released. And the biggest thing that people picked up on was in the beginning of the trailer, Michael Myers, we see, coming up the stairs, opens the door. You see Lori with the gun. Now, what people picked up on was when Michael opens the door... He's not missing any fingers, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, as we know, his fingers got blown off by Laurie with the shotgun in the last movie. So, you know, the theories have started about a potential copycat killer. Are they going to go a Friday the 13th part five route here? And we're going to have a imposter Michael Myers? Maybe, you know, is it a dream sequence? I think that's probably the more likely thing, but the imposter uh, scenario, I think, would be super interesting, right? Like, because it would just come so out of left field. And of course, with the rumors lately of, um, well, not the rumors, but the comments by, you know, the director and John Carpenter and the FX um, guy on set just saying it's going to be a weird and different movie. 
an imposter Michael Myers, you know, would be very weird and would be very different. And what if like, we don't see Michael Myers like at all in this movie or like at, you know, not until the last five minutes. And we find out the whole movie that it was an imposter Michael Myers. What would your reaction be to that? Like, would it, I mean, I feel like the fan base would go fucking nuts. It would be like a Halloween three scenario and really to a Friday the 13th part five scenario um, as well, where people just hated the movie um, but would it be something different and something new to the franchise? You know, maybe, but I, I mean, I feel like overall the fan base would, would probably hate that. And if you're calling a movie Halloween ends and you do an imposter, Michael Myers, that maybe that would have been interesting in Halloween kills, but to do it in the last movie would probably be a, a, a huge mistake. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, also, interestingly enough, they actually um, released the uh, synopsis of the movie which I thought was pretty interesting. So um, it, I wouldn't read this unless if I thought it was like a huge spoiler. So I, I don't think it, it, there are any like major spoilers in here. And they did release it with the release of the trailer. So I am going to read it. If you're not interested in hearing it and want to be completely surprised, skip ahead a couple minutes. Um, and But here we go. So this was the official release from Blumhouse. All right, so this is Laurie Strode's last stand. After 45 years, the most acclaimed, revered horror franchise in film history reaches its epic, terrifying conclusion as Laurie Strode faces off for the last time against the embodiment of evil Michael Myers in a final confrontation unlike any captured on screen before. They're really pumping themselves up here. Uh, Icon Jamie Lee Curtis returns for the last time as Laurie Strode, horror's first final girl. Now, let me stop right there. I have a problem with that. She was definitely not horrors first final girl ladies and gentlemen um you know they can they can say that all they want but uh there were a few that definitely came uh before her uh sally hardesty um being the number one that comes to my head that came definitely before laurie strode now maybe you know she was the most iconic final girl but definitely not the first final girl um so here we go here is the official plot synopsis four years so we do we are getting a time jump four years after the events of last year's Halloween Kills, Lori is living with her granddaughter, Allison, and is finishing writing her memoir. Michael Myers hasn't been seen since. So where's Michael been these four years? I guess we'll get the answers to that. Uh, Lori, after allowing the specter of Michael to determine and drive her reality for decades, has decided to liberate herself from fear and rage and embrace life. But when a young man, Corey Cunningham, uh, is accused of killing a boy he was babysitting, it ignites a cascade of violence and terror that will force Lori to finally confront the evil she can't control once and for all. So um, really interesting here that they would um, throw a couple of these things out here. I think the biggest thing that they throw out um, is the Corey Cunningham character, um, which I think fuels the fire to this imposter Michael Myers um, you know, uh, theory. Because obviously, you know, if this kid is uh, accused of killing a boy he was a babysitting, uh, a la, of course, you know, Michael Myers being the babysitter killer, um, I think, you know, the the theory for the imposter killer goes even uh, deeper now. So that is really interesting that they would throw that in there. Is that to throw the fan base off? Is it to throw some hints out there? We shall see, but I, I think that's really interesting that they would they would throw out that whole Corey Cunningham angle uh, this early um, before the movie's even released. So we'll see about that. Also, the four-year time jump. Um, they're going to have to figure out what has Michael been doing in the four years. Are they going to go the Rob Zombie Halloween 2 route and have a, you know, we're going to see uh, hobo Michael Myers kind of walking around living, you know, in isolation or something like that? Because... You know, why would he go missing for four years? I just don't understand that. And I hope they can explain that well enough. Um, I also heard recently, and this is just all rumors, but I also heard that they were going to touch on the pandemic uh, in this movie as well um, with the four-year time jump. You know, do you think that's a good idea? I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's necessary, really. I mean, you know, I, I guess, you know, touch on it if you want, but I just hope it's not like a major factor into this movie. Um, just cause I don't think it's necessary, but we'll see how that goes as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's really it about my thoughts on Halloween ends. I liked the little Easter eggs as well. I liked that we saw, uh, Lori wearing her basically original outfit from the original Halloween. Is it too on the nose? Perhaps, but is it a really cool and fun callback? 
absolutely. So I'm kind of on board for that. And I, uh, you know, I, I think it was really fun and it, it, it brought definitely a smile to my face and, you know, a lot of people kind of thought maybe that could be the dream sequence of her kind of going back and stuff like that. Um, but we'll see, we'll, we'll definitely see. And I'm excited for it. And yeah, Halloween ends coming out. We'll all answers, all of our questions will be answered this October and yeah, I'm ready for it. And I hope it doesn't disappoint. Um, you know, I, I just wish like they put honestly, like I just, David Gordon Green, I just don't love him as a director, honestly. And I, I just wish if, if they could have got like a bit, why couldn't Carpenter have done this? Right. Why couldn't they have gotten Carpenter? Right. The guy's like been, he, he hasn't made a movie in forever. I kind of wish they, they kind of pulled him out of retirement. It was like, John, can you just make this trilogy and just, that's it. Like that would have been amazing. I just don't think David Gordon Green is like the capable director for this. And the fact that he's doing the Exorcist next, like really like just pisses me off, honestly, because I feel like he's has a chance to completely ruin that franchise as well. Um, Cause you know, that's just one of my favorite home movies of all time. And uh, I just wish it was put into better hands than him, but maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe Halloween ends will be awesome and he can, I mean, at least I hope he's at least learning some stuff that, you know, the mistakes he made in Halloween and he doesn't make them again in the exorcist, but we shall see. All right. Next bit of news I wanted to get into is of course the Rob zombies, the monsters trailer. Uh, this thing has really caught the internet by storm. Uh, you know, people have been kind of shitting on this movie before, you know, they even saw anything to do with it. People just saw some stills and stuff like that. And, you know, say what you will about Rob Zombie, you know, you either love him or hate him. I'm like really down the middle with him. You know, I was never like a huge fan of his music, but I didn't hate it. And then I really enjoyed House of a Thousand Corpses. I really enjoyed The Devil's Rejects. And, um... And I, I really enjoyed the first Halloween movie as well. Uh, and then after that, I feel like it's been a, a downward spiral. It's like each movie has progressively gotten worse. But I'm always down to like give him a try because like I hope he could catch that same kind of pizzazz he got in his first few movies. Um, so honestly, when that the first teaser trailer came out, I was kind of intrigued because like he recreated the original um, intro in the black and white. And I thought it looked pretty cool. So I was like, all right, this this could be decent. And then he releases the official trailer um, earlier this week or last week, and I was I was shocked at and not in a good way because it looked so fucking terrible. Um, and I think the thing that really threw me off the most was the production quality. This is going to be Zombies' worst production quality I've ever seen. And people are trying to say, oh, it's intentional. Like, obviously, the zombie apologists and fans are trying to say, oh, it's intentional. You know, it, the, the Monsters was, you know, a low-budget, you know, TV show and stuff like that. Okay, yeah, I guess so. But that was back in the 60s, okay? Technology has changed. Like, you, you can't go back to that and expect people to, like, you know, like, I mean, look at the Adams family, right? That was a low budget affair, but then they made those movies in the nineties and they upped the, the budget, the budget and the quality and people loved it for the most part. This just looks so amateur, like, you know, and zombie is better than this. Um, I, you know, and, and I'm not even, like I said, I'm not even a big zombie guy, but he is better than this. And I know he can do better than this. Um, you know, I don't know what the budget was for this and actually zombie, you know, came out and made a statement recently, uh, you know, defending it because there was a rumor that the budget for this was $40 million. Now, I don't know who reported on this, but it kind of got taken with. And Zombie ended up uh, releasing a statement saying, I don't know where you guys got the idea that this was a $40 million budget. He said, but basically, you could take my last five movies and they wouldn't even equal $40 million. Um, so obviously, um, the backlash on this trailer has caused Zombie... Um, you know, I think it's gotten to him a little bit because even because he, of course, is like one of the biggest Monsters fans out there. And obviously he's going to defend this movie to his death. And I'm sure he thinks he did a great job with it. No one else in the world seems to think he did a great job with this movie, folks, because the backlash on this trailer, I haven't seen anything like it in quite a long time. I haven't seen so much universal hate for a trailer um, and honestly, probably deservedly so, because like I said, the, the production quality looks terrible. The acting looks just really bad. And like, I think the biggest mistake he did was to, to put this in color too, because I think if he kept it in black and white, 
like we saw in that teaser trailer, the production quality, he might have been able to hide it a little better. And I think it might have worked. Even like some of the, uh, you know, low budget stuff might he might have been able to hide it better it might have looked better but he didn't he decided to put this in color and the color scales and just the makeup and it just looks really bad and i will say one positive is grandpa monster i played by daniel roebuck he actually he looks great he sounds great and he actually looks like he um might elevate this film to not being completely terrible sherry moon you know, I, I don't, I'm not like a Sherry Moon hater or anything like that. I actually thought she did pretty well in her first couple movies since then. You know, she's been, you know, adequate at best. Um, she looks really bad here. Like she really hammed it up and I just, her Lily impersonation just is not on par. And then you get to Herman Monster and he is the biggest atrocity of this entire trailer. The voice is nowhere near the original Herman Monster's. It sounds downright just like cringe and terrible. Um, and it's just a, a huge disappointment. You know, I know Zombie's a huge Monsters fan. And, you know, this is only a trailer. So, I mean, I'm still going to give it a shot. But based on this trailer, um, I think it's going to be maybe one of the worst horror movie of the year. Or worst movie of the year. Contender, for sure. Um, especially with that, you know, quality um, <laughs> we have here. You know, the production quality, folks. This is like, you know, high school um, production quality. Like, really fucking poor. I, it looks like something you would find, like, on YouTube. Like, that a fan-made, you know, movie. So, it's shocking, you know, to say the least. And I, I was reading some stuff. People saying, you know, well, it was, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise. It was done by, a lo you know, it was funded by a production company that is known for making, like, some of the shittiest movies you've ever seen. So maybe we should have seen this coming, but I sure didn't. And, you know, I, I do think Rob has it in him to do another good movie. And I, I think he needs to be held back, right? I think just a studio needs to, or he needs like a better, maybe a better writer, you know, because I know he writes a lot of these movies too. He needs someone. He needs a, a ghost writer or an editor or just someone to keep him in line. And I think he could make a decent movie again. But, you know, when they give him free reign, it just has not been good for, for uh, Mr. Zombie. Uh, so we'll see how it goes with that. And, you know, that's it for the Munsters. Uh, you know, obviously I'm here talking about myself, and I'd love to hear over on our Discord your thoughts on all of this, guys. If you haven't joined our Discord yet, it's very easy. Just search the Horror Squad podcast on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and then just send us a private message through there and we will send you uh, an invite link to the discord that is the only way to get in um unfortunately discord makes it like really complicated but uh we you know if you haven't joined our discord yet please join it, it's an awesome way uh to get in on that and one last thing i did want to say about the monsters was the announcement that it is going to be coming uh to netflix uh, this fall, as well as the Wednesday Adams show that we found out recently, too. So we're going to have two pretty big uh, things coming to Netflix this fall for us. Um, so, you know, a lot. there was the rumor, of course, that uh, Zombies Monsters was going to come to Peacock, but officially it's heading to Netflix. Um, are we surprised it's not coming to theaters? I don't think so, especially after seeing that trailer. Uh, all right, so let's get into the next bit of uh, some news I wanted to get into, which was the surprising announcement of Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Uh, you know, it had been announced for a while now that we were going to get a fourth installment in the Jeepers Creepers franchise. But um, there was like a legal battle going on um, with the movie. But we finally got a trailer for it. Uh, kind of dropped out of nowhere as well as a release date for it. Um, but a weird sort of release date as it is going to getting a limited three-day only release in the in theaters it is a fathom events um release and it is going to be coming september 19th through the 21st 
in theaters only. Now, what is going to happen after that? I'm assuming it will get a VOD release or something um, after that, or will it only get that theater release for a while? Because maybe that's the only way they are, they were able to release it due to the ongoing legal battles. That is to be seen. But as of right now, if you do want to go see Jeepers Creepers Reborn for sure, you're going to have to hit the theaters September 19th to the 21st um, to see that. Um, now the synopsis here um, of it, uh, you know what? I won't even give a synopsis. I'll kind of just talk about the trailer. I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen the trailer uh, for now. I got to say it didn't look bad. Like Jeepers Creepers 3, man, that was just terrible. Straight to sci-fi. Um, I will say the production quality on this one does look a little bit sci-fi movie-ish. However, this looks like a lot more fun of a movie as this one uh, takes place at what looks to be a carnival slash like haunted house vibe set where um, the people go into an escape room and the creeper wreaks havoc on these people in the escape room. So kind of think sort of like a line on the lines of Hellfest, Haunt, stuff like that. So I already love the atmosphere uh, of this movie and uh, of the trailer. So I was really into that kind of gives you like a Halloween type vibe movie. So I, I dig that a lot. Um, you really don't see the creepers face a lot in this one and probably on purpose because um, as many of you probably already know, Jonathan Breck did not return um, for the creeper. Apparently he wasn't even approached according to him, which is shocking to me, but at the same time, I, I'm sure they were trying to keep budget cost, uh, you know, cost down, and bringing him back probably would have cost them a bit of money. So they just got a completely different actor to play um, the creeper in this one, which you know obviously is disappointing. You want to see that same actor come back that was in those first three movies. So it, it is a bit of a bummer. Obviously, it's makeup heavy and stuff like that, but still, I mean, it'd be nice to see the same actor come back um, for it. Now. The other big bit of news here is, and obviously you knew they were going to put this out here because uh, obviously the Jeepers Creepers franchise, very controversial with Victor Salva, of course, the director uh, of the original, um, you know, he was getting money for, you know, the for the last few movies. And obviously with his past and stuff, a lot of people were disgusted, you know, and were not supporting this franchise because of course as you know salva or if you don't know um was a convicted uh child molester and did do prison time uh you know he um unfortunately molested a child on the set of clown house which uh is another horror movie he had done um back in the i want to say early 90s which you know i gotta say i mean is actually a pretty solid horror movie but after finding out what happened you know it's kind of tough to watch um nowadays and it's honestly very tough to get um it is you know it's not released i don't think on blu-ray dvd and i'm sure for those reasons be it for his past um and it is super hard to obtain a copy of it um i believe it might be available free on youtube if you do want to give it a watch but the big news here is that salva is not gonna take getting a dime from this movie basically he has been completely cut off he uh, ties have been completely cut from the Jeepers Creepers franchise and this new Jeepers Creepers Reborn film, which could be why we are having some legal battles ongoing. But from what I understand, Victor Salva will not get a dime from this movie. So for those of you who maybe were not supporting the Jeepers Creepers franchise previously, um, you know, maybe this is the time, you know, you could come back and give this one a shot. Because like I said, the, the trailer did look really fun for this one. I, I really do love the vibe. And I think it definitely has potential, um, you know, to be fun. You know, is it going to be anything amazing? Probably not, to be quite honest. But does it look better than three? Absolutely. And that, that does bring me some bit of excitement. So will I go to Fathom Theaters to go see it? Probably not. I, I mean, I'm hoping we'll get a VOD release and I can just watch it at home. But, it, you know... It's not something I don't think I would go to the Fathom events to go see. I mean, you know, the Jeepers Creep franchise, I, you know, it's okay, but I was never a, a massive fan uh, of it. I mean, I think the Creeper's a cool character and stuff like that, but 
just not something uh, I think I'll I'll head to the theater on a weekday. Unfortunately, and like I don't understand why they do these Fathom events on weekdays. By the way, um, you know who the hell wants to go to like a theater on like a Monday or or Tuesday night? You know, not me. I'm good, you know. <laughs> it's just not, you know, how I want to ease into my week is going to the theater. I mean, maybe that's just me, but uh, that's just not my style. Uh, all right, so that is it for the trailer news. I was three big trailers this week, guys. I mean, that is exciting as a horror fan, right? Like, you know, we've been waiting for these big trailer. You know, the you know Jeepers Creepers, Halloween Ends, the Monsters, and we get them all in one week. Um, pretty exciting. So uh, next bit of news I wanted to touch on here was the big news that Samara Weaving has joined the cast of Scream 6. Now, uh, we it's funny because us on this podcast previously had said how we felt like she would have been perfect casting for the last Scream movie. And, you know, the, the directors did approach her to do Scream 5, and she couldn't do to... Um, you know, uh, previous obligations. Well, they were able to secure her for Scream 6. And I mean, I think just a great, great casting choice here. What she will do in this movie, we shall see. You know, will she be a victim? Will she be a killer? Uh, We will find out. But, uh, you know, Samara Weaving, well on her way to being, you know, the new it girl in horror for sure, between ready, Ready or Not... And now Scream 6 and um, Ash vs. Evil Dead and The Babysitter and Mayhem. I mean, she's done a lot of great stuff and, you know, I'm sure even more coming, you know. So very excited for that. I think, you know, once again, just excellent, excellent casting choice there. And uh, it gives me some hope for Scream 6, of course, with Nev Campbell not coming back, which is she coming back? Is she not coming back? Once again, the rumor mill is... Once again, just going crazy over that. Uh, Nev recently canceled a con um, for this uh, for August, and she said she was going to uh, be due to filming Twisted Metal, the TV series, which that sounds interesting in and of itself. But obviously, the big rumor is that's just a cover up. She's really going to film Scream Six somehow, some way, and they're keeping it a secret. They finally caved, gave her the money she wanted you know we'll see i i I hope so i mean because like a screen movie without sydney prescott it just doesn't seem right like she at least needs to be in there for maybe a cameo or something like that um and if she's not it's just i don't know it's just it's just gonna be weird i mean granted like she really didn't do much in scream five but you know maybe you know, I, you just want to see her, right? Even if it's just for a second. I mean, I know that they kind of passed the torch with this last movie and they're moving on, but you know, you're going to have Gail Weathers back, of course. Uh, and you know, how big of a role is she going to play a bigger role now with no Neff Campbell there? And with Dewey, of course, being killed off in the last movie, where does Gail Weathers go from here? Like, you know, Dewey's always been her fallback. It's always been the story of Gail and Dewey. And now without him there, you know, what, what does Gail do? What does Gail do by herself? Is she going to be an interesting enough character to carry that torch by herself? Um, you know, that's remains to be seen, but you know, there's also the big rumors that Nev is going to come back for seven, of course, because they're making this into a trilogy, which that's a whole nother thing. What is with like every horror franchise needing to be a trilogy now when they come back, right? You know, you get the Halloween, trilogy now you get the scream trilogy they're making the exorcist a trilogy of movies i mean obviously it's like a whole cash grab a whole money thing but like can you just come back and make like one movie and just be done with it or something you know obviously that's never gonna happen because we as horror fans are just gonna eat it up no matter what and they know we will so they'll just continue to make these movies and continue to just shove them down our throats. And we'll go and see them, <laughs> even if they suck. <laughs> uh, all right, so the next bit of news here is the exciting news, finally, of Insidious Part 5. It has been rumored for a long time. We knew Patrick Wilson was coming on to this one to direct with um, uh, the main character there, uh, Dalton, grown up now and dealing with um, ghosts once again, which I think is actually a really cool, I think to believe they got the same exact actor back who played Dalton in that original franchise um, to come back for this one. So I think that's really cool. 
Um, and Patrick Wilson at the helm directing, I think is really cool as well. And I, I believe he's also going to be acting in this one too. Um, as far as, I don't know if Elise is coming back for this one or not. Um, I would assume she is. Cause I mean, she's, you know, being the face of the franchise, I would be surprised, uh, not to see her in this one, but I don't see any mention of her on this article I'm reading right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very excited for this one. I really love the insidious franchise. I haven't disliked any of the four movies that have come out and with Patrick Wilson taking over the, the helm, I think the franchise is in really good hands, um, with him. I mean, I think he's a very capable director. He's a great actor. And uh, he's been with the franchise since the beginning. So, you know, it's something he's passionate about and wants to do a good job on because I'm sure he wants to continue directing. And, you know, if he makes a good movie here, he'll have other chances. If he makes a terrible movie here, he might not have other chances. So uh, uh, the but the movie has been announced that is going to be releasing in uh, summer of 2023, July 7th. 2023 to be exact so about a year away um until we get insidious chapter five i don't know if they're calling it chapter five i think they're just calling it insidious five for now we'll see i mean we'll see you know we'll keep you up to date when a trailer drops and all that but uh yeah i'm very excited for it and we'll see what happens with that um, another bit of news here that i found interesting is rl stein announced recently that more Fear Street and Goosebumps movies are going to be coming on the way. Of course, the massive success of the Fear Street series on Netflix there. The trilogy, of course. So right back to the trilogies, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, recently in uh, an interview, uh, Arl Stein said, uh, there's still talk about more Goosebumps movies. And I also hear rumors about more Fear Street movies for Netflix uh, because the first ones did so well last summer. Those films kind of shocked me because they were all R-rated and I've never done anything R-rated before. All those teenagers were getting slapped. I was like, suddenly I have a slasher movie. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it shocked Stein, right? The guy's been doing, you know, a, a young adult horror novels and to see his movies get adapted into R-rated movies, that must have been uh, kind of a joy for him because I'm sure he's wanted to do some like brutal stuff and he just kind of has to hold back because he knows that's his moneymaker, right? The young adult novels and stuff like that. So I think that's great. Like, I, I mean, I thought the Fear Street series was really solid. Like, overall, I mean, were there issues here and there? Sure. But, um, you know, to go bold like that and make R-rated material off material that wasn't R-rated, I think was really cool. I would have liked to have seen that personally with um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, too. Because, my God, I think you could make an R-rated Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, like, absolutely fucking terrifying, right? Like, it could be... That could be like, man, that could be amazing. Like I'm talking, I'm talking up right now and I'm getting personally like excited just thinking about it. So, you know, anyone out there listening, any filmmakers, you know, we, we got the scary stories all in the dark, but you know what? Let's get an R rated version. Um, and, uh, put on Netflix, you know, Hey Netflix, I know you, you listen to us every week. So just kidding. I know they don't listen at all. Um, but uh man that would be that would be killer i would love to see that so maybe one day we'll see that but we're, we're gonna be getting more fear street for now and i'm down for it i think i think you gotta be down for it as a horror fan so we'll see about uh so we'll see and uh that's really it for horror news um so i guess we'll get into some what watch and then we'll kind of wrap this uh little solo episode up um, I started on the new season of What We Do in the Shadows that just started up recently. Um, three episodes in now, I believe. And I don't know. This season so far hasn't been off, I don't think, to the best start. Um, and I love What We Do in the Shadows. But so far, the first few episodes have not blown me away. And, you know, this could be a controversial uh, um, opinion, but I just, I don't know. I, it's just not not there for me yet this season. Uh, I think the last season too was started well, but then kind of started to go downhill. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're running out of ideas or if the writing, maybe some of the original writers left or something because the first two seasons, man, were just amazing. And um, 
I just feel like there's been some sort of shift and it's not like the show's bad or anything, but it's the jokes just haven't been as good. And the whole baby Colin angle, I really dislike and I just don't find it funny. Um, I think that was a huge mistake on their part. Honestly. Um, I do think the new introduction of, a of the, vampire nightclub has potential to be really funny and interesting but they like kind of already did it for one episode where they took the baron out like in the nightclub so is it just gonna be a whole season of that which i guess i'd be okay with but it was kind of like all right we've already done this before let's kind of do something different if we can um so yeah i don't know like it you know to be determined obviously it's only a couple episodes in so i can't i guess i can't be too hard on it right now but as of right now it disappointing i guess i would say but hopefully it gets better and i mean i'll continue to watch it because i still think it's a, a decent enough show all right so now let's get into i guess this will be our review segment of the week uh, i'm just gonna call this joe Go solo episode though uh, um so when you you see it uh that's what it will be titled but uh you know this is what watch slash mini review um, for a couple of movies here that I watched. Uh, the first one I watched is available over on Shudder, and it is called Watcher. Uh, so uh, here is the uh, letterboxed plot synopsis. As a serial killer stalks the city, Julia, a young actress who just moved to town with her husband, notices a mysterious stranger watching her from across the street. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, so this one, you know, that's your basic plot synopsis, but basically, uh, her and her husband or, uh, boyfriend or whatever, I think it's her husband. Yeah. Uh, just, I just said it, her husband, uh, they move uh, to Romania cause her husband has a, uh, job offer and he takes it and, you know, she is alone in the apartment a lot of time cause he's, you know, getting a acclimated to his new job and she starts seeing a guy watching her um from across the way and you know at first she thinks maybe he's just kind of like looking around but then she waves and she sees him wave back and then there's also a serial killer on the loose in romania and she thinks maybe this could be the serial killer but then the story kind of goes i mean i'm not gonna spoil here so don't worry about it, but the story kind of goes from there you know is this guy you know, really stalking her or is she just paranoid because there's a real serial killer on the loose? Is she losing her mind? Is her concerns valid? You know, and that's how the story plays out. Yeah. You know, a kind of, you know, mystery thing like that. It's very Hitchcockian. Um, and overall I, I enjoyed this one for the most part. My biggest issue with it is, is that it is definitely a slow burn. It builds, its way you know um to a climax now my problem is i just don't feel um it got the climax was too predictable um and i just feel um it just didn't pay off you know had it been a better payoff i think this could have been one of my favorites of the year or top 10 worthy but as it stands, I think it is a, a good movie. I gave it three and a half uh, over, out of five on Letterboxd, which equates to about a, a seven, seven and a half out of ten. Um, I, I guess a seven is where I would be comfortable giving this one because just because, the, yeah, the payoff just it just didn't hit you, you know, and it, it needs to hit you, especially when you're you're doing a slow burn movie like this. But Kudos to the director. I mean, the man, and kudos to the lead actress here. It is the girl from um, It Follows. Um, I can't remember her name right now. Um, okay, it is Micah Monroe. Um, big kudos to her. I mean, she gives a fantastic performance here. I do think the setting of Romania um, was, was a good choice. It kind of brought something fresh to a story that, you know, we've seen before because this is sort of a rear window um slash you know mystery lifetime movie-ish but like way more elevated obviously than a, a lifetime movie i should say but yeah i mean great uh a great uh directorial debut i believe this is the director's uh all right yeah this is her directorial debut for a feature length she did do a segment in vhs 94 
But this um, for this being um, Chloe Acuna, Acuno, um, her directorial debut, I thought she did a, a great job, and I'll definitely check out um, what she does next. So I would overall definitely recommend Watcher, um, especially if you have Shudder. I think it's it's definitely worth your time and one worth checking out. All right, and then uh, the other one I'm going to talk about, which I know Steve is probably going to talk about next week because he watched it as well, is the newest horror movie over on Netflix, which is called Incantation. Uh, This one inspired by a true story, quote unquote, of a family who believed they were possessed by spirits. This film follows a woman who must protect her child from a curse. So this is a um, Asian uh, horror movie. It is subtitled. And, um, overall, like it wasn't bad. Um, my biggest problem is like the movie is way too long. Um, you know, it's like, I think it clocks in at almost two hours, which is just too long for a movie like this. And it's shot, um, found footage style, but like they take a lot of liberties with that found footage, you know, like my biggest thing with found footage is there has to be a reason for the camera always to be on when you're filming a found footage movie. But in this, like, I feel like there's a lot of times there's no reason for the camera to be on. And the other times it's, it doesn't even feel genuinely found footage. You know, it's like the camera's like set up, like almost like you're watching it from an apartment, cam- like a an apartment camera or something. And it's like, okay, well that doesn't make much sense at all. If this is all supposed to be found footage. So it's like, it's, it's very lazy in its found footage, uh, thing. Um, I do think there's very effective scares though in this movie. I will give it that, um, for sure. Uh, so I would say like, it's a, it's a decent, you know, one-time watch. Is it something I'll ever watch again? No, definitely not. Um, but you know, if you, you know, it's late at night and you're looking for something a little spooky to watch, I think you, this is definitely one worth, um, popping in. I will say also the timeline does get confusing at times as well as there is like a, you know, jumps back and forth, but it's not done well. Um, so at times you're like, okay, well, which kind of like timeline are we in? Are these even the same characters? Um, so it does, it it does get a little confusing here and there, but you do figure it out. I mean, it's not extremely confusing. You know, I, I, there were, you know, when it first happened, I was like, okay, what's going on? And then you kind of figure it out, but I think it could have been done a little better there. So overall with incantation, I would give it a, a mild recommend. I gave it, uh, I'd give it a six out of 10, uh, and I gave it a three out of five over on Letterboxd. Um, if you're not following me on Letterboxd, feel free to, by the way, uh, Horror Squad Joe over on Letterboxd. Um, and I guess that's really it. You know, I mean, I just I just wanted to put something out this week. You know, we've only missed, I think, like one week ever since we've been the Horror Squad. And honestly, we were going to just completely skip this week. Um, and then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just kind of throw myself out there as solo and see how it goes and if it sucks we just won't put it up but i think this was like a decent enough episode to put out um to give you guys something to listen to um for the week because we like super appreciate all you guys the listeners uh for listening every week and we you know we, we try to put out content for you guys every week so this is kind of just like a, a thank you to you guys for for listening every week and i, I hope i made it you know somewhat enjoyable um for you guys this week and um yeah, that's about it, guys. Don't forget about our event coming up October 22nd with Omri Katz in Salem, Massachusetts. The entire horror squad is going to be there, including uh, Sam from Halloween Happy as well. She will be there as well. So if you would like to meet uh, the whole squad and former squad member Sam, we will all be there hanging out with Omri Katz from Hocus Pocus. October 22nd, Silver Moon Comics and Collectibles, followed by a very special screening of Hocus Pocus with a Q&A hosted by us uh, with Omri at the Cinema Salem. So uh, we, we really hope to see you guys there. Um, that one's going to be a really cool event. We're going to have a lot of really cool stuff going on. We're working. We're going to be working with some other uh, business, local businesses as well as uh, well with some. Uh, we're going to have some special uh, limited edition prints and stuff like that. So if uh, you're local to the area, even if you're not, I mean Salem in October is the place to be. Um, 
obviously it's tough to get a hotel in Salem, but you can definitely get hotels in the surrounding areas. So don't let um, it deter you because, you know, it's just a short Uber ride from, you know, Peabody, Danvers, uh, a lot of surrounding towns, or even stay in Boston. It's only about a half hour uh, ride or just a short uh, 25 minute train ride directly from Boston into Salem. Um, so you can stay in Boston, explore Boston and, and then come into Salem. So we hope to see you guys there. It is going to be a great event. And if you are coming, make sure to message us, um, and follow us on our social medias for all updates, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just search the horror squad podcast. Also any questions, comments, anything, you can always email us at the horror squad podcast at gmail.com and discord and T and merch. We also have merch T public search the horror squad podcast over on T public. We have t-shirts and, you know, sweatshirts and flags and coffee mugs, pillows, all that good stuff. So if you want to support the podcast, uh, you can snack some merch from T public and that is it guys. So next week we are going to be hopefully back full. Uh, me, Todd and Steve should be back to review Season four of Stranger Things. Super excited to talk about that. The Wrath of Vecna. And of course, everyone's favorite, Eddie Munson, doing that Master of Puppets. Cannot wait to talk all about that next week. And yeah, that is it, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you, and we will see you next week. See ya. myself.